Hello, thank you for uh, taking the time to sit down. Uh, oh, sorry. The first yeah. I made my first mistake already. My phone is still vibrating. Oh, how dare you? No. It's okay, <laughs> yeah. we'll leave it in as a testament yeah, to my shame. Leave it in. Exactly. Yeah, this is and we'll just talk about uh phones I think the entire time. Yeah, or... uh, phones, uh sound settings, vibration, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um no, but th- yeah, I uh I there are things that I'm like I can default to like I know that you like Disney parks, so if, yeah. if need be. But I am also just curious, like, um, uh, especially during these times, uh, what what sort of takes up uh, a lot of your... I mean, if you have free time, what, what takes up your free time these days? I feel like on one hand, like, I definitely have free time because it's like, well, I know I'm not filling every hour with just working on videos. But then when I think about what I've done in a day... It really is just kind of working on videos. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess my friend and I uh, sometimes, well, now weekly, we will drive to like a parking lot and then get curbside food and park next mm. to each other and just like sync up a podcast to listen to while we eat. So that's Damn. socializing right now. That's That sounds pretty nice, actually. Okay. It is nice. Yeah. Uh, what podcasts are you are you listening to these days? It's Frenemies. She got me hooked on Frenemies. She's Frenemies. a huge Trisha Paytas fan. And... Uh, I, I wasn't really not, familiar with either familiar. person on there. Yeah, it's, it's just two people with like very different personalities, but they kind of vibe really well. And oh. uh, there's always some kind of internet drama because I think they're both friends with like every famous vlogger. So, I yeah, see. she knows a I lot see. more about it than I do, but I'm hooked now. So it, it, it if just a uh, general vibe I'm getting from this is YouTube drama discussion. Or is it yeah, just it's just like a YouTube about? meta podcast. It's like two people who are separately really famous on YouTube, and now they're mm. just friends with each other. I guess. Well, they're frenemies. I see. I see. Well, uh, works out because I, I was thinking YouTube drama would be the topic I'd bring up exclusively for this uh, episode. No. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, we can I... talk about all the people I have beef with. So many <laughs> exactly. creators. Sure. Um, no, I. Um, it's it's always interesting. I, I like sort of starting out. Asking people because it's you know everyone you know processes the the situation differently, but um, it is it also gives me a good sense like that's a dope idea actually syncing uh, <laughs> up a podcast. So you do you like uh, I assume just you're on the phone or something. While, are you do you discuss the podcast together? Like what? Yeah, what, I think the... that's why I like Frenemies for it so much. Is that it is like it's a very unedited podcast. So there's a lot mm. of like awkward pauses where they're not really doing much. And then whenever mm. there's like a lull, we'll kind of like tune in when we're interested. And then when we're not, I'll be like, so what's the deal with work? Because she's still working in person with other humans. So I get to oh, kind okay. of ask her if there's any drama with that and live vicariously through her seeing people. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, how long have you been uh, doing the whole YouTube game for? For are you? Uh, I assume like a full time, right? Yeah, or, and I, yeah, I think yeah, at yeah. this point it's been like five years or something, which feels like a really long time. But yeah, I think it was like around 2016 that it really caught on. And not to be uh, uh, the same, you know, same boring ass questions I'm sure you usually get. But how did you fall into it? Just an accident or? Yeah, um, I had had other channels like with friends that had been successful and mm. uh, none of us were really actively working on anything together. So I I had my own channel that had like 1000 subscribers that I had never really used for anything before. And I just started kind of making fun videos to post to like my Tumblr or to show my friends on Facebook. 
And then one of them put it on Reddit and it got a lot of views. Mm. And then my subscriber count kind of jumped up. And then I was like, yeah. oh, I guess I should make videos with more effort. And then it kept climbing. And I was like, okay, I guess I make YouTube videos by myself. That, and, you, and you said 2016? That's actually, I yeah. think, around the around very similar time when my channel took off. Really? Because uh, didn't you start on uh, on Vine and stuff like that? Because you do all the short skits. Uh, uh, I actually started on uh, my first audience was on Tumblr, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, which a lot of people don't know, but it was a it was a voice acting Tumblr, um, oh. and I, s I started doing shit posts on there and built up an audience there, and that led to Vine, and that led to YouTube. I had a YouTube channel the whole time, but it didn't take off until uh, around 2016. Actually, like I've said the story on the podcast before, but Christmas Eve. <laughs> Christmas really? Eve, I believe, of 2016. It Are a just, lot of people active online on Christmas Eve? It was fucking weird because it was just like I'm, I was visiting my parents and then I just noticed, oh, hey, people are subscribing a lot, huh? And I was like, oh, they're really subscribing. And it just, <laughs> it felt like a Christmas miracle and Jeez. it just sort of took off from there. I don't when, when do, you, do you remember in 2016 when yours took off? Yeah, well, it's funny. I was actually at Disneyland with a couple of my friends. Mm. And uh, I think my first video that got shared on Reddit, it was by an old friend from high school that I hadn't talked to in years. He just is like mm. an avid Redditor. So he shared yeah. it on there thinking that it would like catch on. So it got like 100,000 views. And okay, then wow. the next video I posted, um, people that had seen the previous one were like, oh, I can get karma if I share this one. And then that one ended up on the front page and got to like a million views. Mm. And so that was all happening while I was just at Disneyland hanging out with some of my friends. <laughs> yeah. So I was just looking on my phone like, oh my God, the views are like really high. And I remember my friend Chelsea was just saying as it was happening, like, you're going to be a YouTuber now. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But uh, it's wild. People what were just you doing uh, before before then? I was working at Disneyland, so that's why I was there oh, with my friends. Shit. I had signed them in for free, and uh, we were doing, well, you know, a little fun day there. Uh, if uh, what, did, what did you do at Disneyland, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I worked there for about three years total. It feels way longer, but um, so I had two different jobs. I did one for like a year and a half and then one for an almost equal amount of time. So when I hired in, I worked with the horses and the animals. Mm. Uh, they call the department Circle D because that's the name of their secret ranch that's backstage. Mm. And uh, so we took care of the horses that work on Main Street and then all the animals at the petting zoo. So like a miniature donkey, a miniature cow, um, a turkey at that time, and a lot wow. of goats. So that was really fun. And then uh, they built Star Wars Land and they got rid of the petting zoo, which was my favorite work location. So I uh -huh. transferred to guest relations, which is like the complaints department and also okay. tours. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean... We got to talk about, I, must, I mean, <laughs> inevitably we have to talk about Disneyland. Because yeah. I love talking about Disneyland. But, oh, I did not actually know that you uh, worked there. That's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I had always wanted to. And then uh, I finished college. I, I got a four-year degree. I got a bachelor's degree. And then mm. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. But I'd always kind of wanted to work at Disneyland and, like, see everything behind the scenes. And I was yeah. like, well, if I don't do it now, then, like, when will I do it? So, yeah. So I was just doing it kind of short term and I wasn't sure what I would do after and then it ended up being YouTube <laughs> and were you always a Disneyland fanatic before working there yeah I I grew up in like the Bay Area so mm. I didn't go that often I wasn't like a local kid that got to go every weekend sure. but for a lot of summers when I was a kid my family would take family trips to Disneyland 
And then when I was at home, I got into like, there's this site called Yesterland that talks about extinct attractions Mm. and kind of what became of them, what they built on top of them. And so I think that's what really started my interest in it was thinking about the behind the scenes aspect and like old defunct rides and kind of Mm. the mystique of those. And uh, so then I started looking at more and more fan sites and just got really into the idea of like behind the scenes theme park stuff, all the minutiae of it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of friends who are also like that. And I never thought of my, I never thought I would be one of those like Disneyland. I, I, I would say I'm like on not on the casual. I'm not like hardcore. I know all the Disneyland like minutia and history or whatever. Like, uh, but I, I, I just love, 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 love the, the parks. Uh, and that's something I never saw myself doing, but uh, when we moved here and I, I was like, oh, you can get an annual pass at Disneyland. I was like, well, <laughs> I was okay. going to ask if it, you were an AP until they got rid of it last month. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we definitely were. Um, I'm curious to see what will roll out. I think they'll bring place. back something like an AP. I think maybe yeah. it'll be more limited, but um, I'm not worried. I'm oh, no. They're, they're definitely <laughs> going to still cater to that market. Yeah, because it's uh, such a locally driven park. Like, it's it's a small park. It doesn't get as many right. international visitors as Florida. So I think I think it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you remember what you were doing or writing? Or what were you, what were you doing when you saw, oh, shit. YouTube's taking off. Do you remember the exact I moment? do. I, I vividly remember. We were eating upstairs at Tortilla Joe's, my favorite mm. restaurant in downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was like we were the only ones upstairs. I've, I never get seated upstairs. So it was just this weird, empty restaurant vibe. And I was checking my phone and I was like, oh. <laughs> I feel like everything everything with my YouTube has happened like at Disneyland too because I remember my first video the one that got like a hundred thousand views mm. that was around my birthday and my mom okay. was visiting for my birthday so we went into the park and uh we were like sitting at the exit of Splash Mountain and this dad had gotten off the ride and was like I saw you on YouTube and I was Whoa. like oh seriously and he was like your life's gonna change kid and <laughs> It was like again, like just weirdly prophetic statements from other people. <laughs> Did he talk in a fort like the your life's gonna change, kid? Yeah, hey. like an old timey carnival yeah. barker. <laughs> right. Damn. Okay. So I, because I recall seeing your videos pop up in my the al- I mean uh, the recommended algorithm uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, really favored favored you, and I started seeing you pop up, and I was like, okay, yeah, who is this? And then uh, your shit's really funny. And so, uh, I forget exactly when that was around, but, uh, has the, I assume the algorithm has been kind to you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm very grateful to the, the robot algorithm. (laughs) I think it's been really good. Um, I don't, my videos don't really trend anymore, but I think that makes sense from what I understand of the algorithm. Yeah. And, uh, it seems like they, they get sidebarred to people. I've had a lot of people on Twitter complain that like, if they watch one video by me, their whole sidebar is just other (laughs) videos by me. And I guess that's just because, uh, people tend to watch them till the end and Mm. they're long. So I I think that's what the algorithm likes about them, but yeah, it, it definitely seems like it favors me, so that's good. I hope it doesn't change. Oh, I mean, like, it's it seems like you've got you've it, it, like he's like you said like you in the beginning you kind of trend a lot, right? Because they're like, who the mm-hmm. fuck is this, right? What what's this channel? And then 
once you lay a strong enough foundation, like, it's like... Yeah, I'd, I'd actually have wanted to do, like, a whole video on just what I've noticed about the algorithm and how it works, because I think people have this, like, really uh, scared idea of the algorithm and how it's, like, out to get you and whatever. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, Shane Dawson did a podcast once when he was still active, uh, complaining about how, like, YouTube hates me because I never trend. And it's like, well, you never trend because even though you get a lot of views, that amount of views is standard for what your channel gets. Right. So it doesn't peak as, as unusual activity because you have a lot of subscribers and you always get a lot of views. So if you get 2 million views, that's not as unusual as a tiny channel getting 200,000 views. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's pretty balanced the way the algorithm works. I've got no complaints about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I feel like it's completely balanced, but I agree with you. No, like it, maybe it, not. Maybe not completely I, balanced. I, 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 <laughs> no, but I agree with. I, I can't complain too much because I think I, I think I'm also treated pretty well. Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of your videos, and it definitely seems like you also get sidebarred like crazy. Because again, people people get in a, a rabbit hole of watching your videos. Like it yeah, works, and that's it, why YouTube keeps doing it. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, I'm. I mean. Uh, Oh god! Now I'm talking about YouTube numbers, but just I'm, <laughs> it's interesting because for my channel, I, you don't I don't know if you're you don't have to talk about your your analytics or whatever, but for mine, <laughs> like more people watch my stuff non-subscribers than subscribers. Really? Uh, it's it's an interesting ratio for me. Uh, I don't know. Do you do you look at any of that stuff or? I don't. Um, I'll I'll just look at like what like am i earning money <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, usually I mean, the answer is no but yeah I, I don't go into the minutiae i've seen other people post screenshots of their analytics where it's like youtube will say like you got 20 percent less views this month and it's like i don't want to see that oh god okay that. no yeah that's that's just depressed <laughs> that's a rabbit hole so of yeah, I, yeah i have sometimes i'll look at like my age and gender breakdown and it, mm. like when I started, it was like all men, like all 18 to 30 year old men. And then I, I switched up my topics more and now it's pretty equal. So that's mm. good. <laughs> no, that, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like look at the analytics obsessively, but uh, I, I do know, and I would be curious what your, you know, what your percentages are, but I believe it's like a, I want to say 60, 60% of my of my views are non-subscribers and 40 percent are subscribers. i mean i could check right now i could yeah if you I want I, I, conflict yeah. i've never yeah, it, really looked at the subscribers versus non-subscribers i feel like with anyone it must be a lot of non-subscribers because i think a lot of people just don't really subscribe to people that of, they watch first off a lot of people don't subscribe and then they don't necessarily watch well, you know, sometimes they just sub and then they just kind of leave it, you know, vacant, right? Which is fine. Yeah. That uh, makes sense. Yeah. Let me look. Where Where is this shit? This I don't is know. Very, I'm trying to figure out uh, uh, subscription status. An, yeah. It's Here probably we are. A, okay. Okay. Yeah. It looks like 43% of my views are from people who aren't subscribed. So, um, oh, so on the six, off chance that anyone who watches me and isn't subscribed then went and found a podcast that I'm talking on, shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> you should be subbing. So forty percent not subscribed, sixty percent subscribed. That's Mine, uh, well, it's weird. They don't. Okay, no, they do equal one hundred percent. Yeah, forty three percent, forty three point one percent not subscribed, fifty six point nine percent are subscribed. See, that sounds healthy to me. That means your base, at least, at least the yeah, is watching a good amount. Me, I'm like, huh, oh boy. I hope I still stay in people's fucking sidebars. Uh, That's true. So you're saying a lot of your subs aren't seeing it at all? Oh no 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 no! I I I, th I think it's just that 
I, well, I don't I don't know if it's like the algorithm just really pushes my shit uh, on sidebars or whatever, but yeah, it's a sixty percent of people are not subscribed. I think just discovering it, or I mean, to be fair, I don't necessarily. There are some channels I don't subscribe to. But I will just go to like every now and then and just, oh, just watch Oh, me too. Like I'm really bad about subscribing, which feels hypocritical as someone <laughs> that does YouTube and wants yeah. to have a big shiny number of subscribers. But yeah, sure. I feel like I'll have to watch like eight videos by a channel before I realize I should just subscribe. I'm I'm also the same. I'm for uh, I'm pretty picky about it because I actually really, you know, okay, God, I'm, I'm sorry we're talking so much about YouTube. I don't know if you like talking about YouTube or not. I. <laughs> I promise you this is not something I usually talk about. I actually so. like talking about YouTube. I feel like a lot of people do YouTube and don't talk about it so much. So I think it's interesting to hear what people are noticing. Yeah, it's interesting talking to other YouTube people uh, like about it because it's such a strange profession, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where a lot of people just can't really relate to how strange and unpredictable it is. And so... Uh, it's kind of nice to talk to someone who's like, oh yeah, we're in the same, same weird boat that could sink at any time. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people don't know that you can manage your sub, you can like, I have my subscription feed bookmarked, like right directly to the thing where it's in chronological order. I don't know if you oh, do I that. Oh, I don't do that. I don't even use that tab. I just, I'm bad. I look at my homepage and it's See? like, oh, it's 10 <laughs> no. videos based on the video I last watched. Great. Majority of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, people listen to this podcast right now. There's a subscription button. If you click that, you can see all your subscription videos in chronological order. You'll never miss. People are always Who like, "I missed this video." Though? I'm like, <laughs> "Oh boy, there's a whole te- and it's it's not it's not anyone's fault. Obviously, everyone's just going to click on the homepage, right? Click on yeah. the homepage and click on stuff. Uh, but I'm just letting you people out there know it's there and or just, you know, check in on your local friendly neighborhood YouTube channel and see what you missed. But, um, oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else. <laughs> um, yeah, besides that feed, uh, I lost my fucking train of thought. I don't know. But, um, you can just add yeah, it out the, the pause. The ratio, you thought of it. Okay, yeah. No, the ratio is very interesting to, to sort of look at and, um, yeah, it's YouTube, yeah. I suppose. I guess um, I should look at my analytics more. There's probably like useful information there, but I'm just like, oh, oh I oh, look, honestly, honestly, like, because I don't really look at, I don't look at the, anything. I just noticed that once, and that ratio has not really changed that much for me. So that's I feel one, like that's too, like a lot of the stuff head. that that YouTube tells you in the analytics tab is stuff that I guess you could like stress over if you knew it. But like, mm-hmm. what else could you do <laughs> other than stress about it? Like the subscriber thing, I guess you could do like a call to action, but I don't do those. I feel like, and I don't think you do those in any of your videos either. You never end like subscribe or whatever. No, do you? No. Yeah, I know. I, I, feel I, like I, I was like, I know I, from what I've seen, you have, you don't. Uh, yeah, because it's so. not like people. It's not their first time ever watching a YouTube video. They know there's a subscribe button. I'm sure yeah. they'll think of it if they want to. Yeah, I. To my disadvantage, I am very old-fashioned, so I, um, I just, 
uh, ironically, despite me talking about YouTube and analytics this whole time, uh, I even if I did look at the analytics, I just post whatever the fuck I want. So it it, <laughs> it to my detriment, honestly. Like I, if I really wanted to, I could, I'm sure, post only videos that are like gonna do well and blah 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 blah. But uh, I also love board games, so I'm gonna do board game reviews that nobody gives a shit about. But you know, for me, I give a shit about it. So it's 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 like a one for me, one for them kind of thing. I think that's um, better though, because I think uh, it's easy to get just pigeonholed. So it's good to keep oh, doing yeah. stuff you're actually interested in. Absolutely, yeah. I it's some you know a lot of people suffer from burnout, uh, mm-hmm. and for me the rule you know, I, I think what also helps is you know. Uh, kind of like you, I you know I really I assume that this was an accident, right? This just mm-hmm. happened, you know. Yeah. I don't I don't think either of us was planning on this, and so for me it's like I'll just ride this out, this happy accident, for as long as I'm allowed, and I, but I might as well enjoy it and not stress out about it because mm-hmm. you know I see a lot of big channels. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. I don't subscribe to some channels if they public if they upload too much too often. Because uh, because of the way you look at your subject. yeah because I like to see chronologically what's coming out and that sort of thing and so if if something is like posting like you know I don't know like this might be an exaggeration but like five some videos a day it's like I don't need to see all this and it clogs up my feed I will just go to the channel every now and then um, and check in on them uh, mm-hmm. and on a similar sort of going back to what I was talking about before. Uh, I notice a lot of big channels, they, like they're like stressing out about like, oh, I gotta make sure I pump out the stuff that people want, like that that's popular, and I gotta do it at a crazy rate. And I don't know. Yeah, man. and like I definitely, that's another thing I would want to talk about if I did like a video on the algorithm, because I feel like there's a big misconception about that. Mm. Like it is true that the faster you put out videos, the faster your channel will grow. Like mm-hmm. it's just the case that putting out a new video is how you get. The, the fastest number of new subscribers mm-hmm. but on the other hand um if a, a lot of people will like have content that's like high effort that takes time sure. and then they'll think well at this rate it's going to be a month between videos so i have to put something out in between mm-hmm. and then they'll just put little videos that are like uh live reactions to a tv show mm-hmm. or um q a's or things like that yeah and from what i've seen that can actually be really harmful to your channel mm-hmm. because if you put out videos in the middle like a lot of your subscribers might see a let's play or something come up and be like oh well i don't know if i want to watch that I'm still interested in this channel. I'm just yeah. not going to watch until they come out with their new proper video. But if you t- you're basically training the algorithm that you put out a video and this number of your subscribers didn't want to see that video. So if that happens enough times, it will stop showing those videos on the homepage to your subscribers because the algorithm has learned that they're not interested in your channel anymore. So <laughs> Even though it is good to grow your channel by posting frequently, if you're posting a lot of content people aren't watching, you are going to hurt it in the long run. No, that's great advice, which I don't follow. Like, I... I, I <laughs> really? Oh, I just post whatever the fuck I want. But I actually really admire a but lot people of... People watch what you post, though. Um, yeah, it, it works out somehow. Like, I, I, I'm very sort of throw all caution to i don't i just do whatever like it's fine if if you watch (laughs) uh i have this like almost i don't want to say adversarial but this sort of uh hey here's a video you like it great you don't like it great 
that's fine. Like I, I had fun, um, and you know, I, I my channel is weird in that uh, some videos will like support other ones, right? Like I'm like this one, mm-hmm. this one will do really well, and so I can put out other ones and not get too hurt by it. Uh, I was gonna say though, I I really I do admire a lot of the high effort channels out there who really sort of uh um refine and you know you know make sure like these are the videos only and i think that also helps because it makes it like you said you're gonna want to watch all of them right if Mm -hmm. you look at a channel and go oh this is a clearly well curated like selection of high quality content then i'm gonna want to go through and watch all of it and you know i Mm -hmm. i I look, you know, I look at your channel. That's a, it's very similar vibe. My channel is the opposite. My channel is just like <laughs> just whatever the fuck. But that's some. I guess that works for some people. But uh, I wonder also I, how the algorithm looks at like <clears throat> your your main videos tend to be like short skits. Mm-hmm. But then you'll post like longer videos, like food reviews and stuff like that. Right. So I wonder. I wonder what effect that has. I don't know if you've noticed any trend in that. Um, I feel like if I was the robot, I'd be like, what do I do with this? Like, how do I take in this information? <laughs> sometimes people are watching 25-minute videos, and sometimes they're watching 30-second <laughs> videos. I think the robot has just been like, I guess people will just watch this guy sometimes, regardless of the length. And I don't understand. <laughs> uh, so it's like, I know exactly how, like, you know. And some people will comment then. uh appreciate like the approach they're like oh no okay then a lot of people really don't like the approach so some people be like wow <laughs> this guy will just post whatever he wants that's refreshing and other people go wow this fucking guy will post whatever he wants post more skits <laughs> like you know it, it's that sort of uh weird like uh you know opposing viewpoints on it and none of it matters to me because it's not going to change how i uh how I how I do things, but I I guess yeah, um, it's again <laughs> I don't want to say adversarial, but it is almost me going being dragged by YouTube of like it wanting me to do it a certain way, and I'm going no, I'm still acting like it's 2012, baby. Like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm still you know I don't even do um, and this is like people when people hear this they go what what's wrong with you? I don't do I've never done a custom thumbnail for a single video I've ever done. You don't even you don't even look through and like find a moment that looks like it sums up the video or whatever. No joke, what I do, and this is what I've done since what 2006, it generates three thumbnails for you. I pick the yeah. I pick the one I like the best of the three. Oh my god. <laughs> yup. Yup. That is I know it's 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 such foolishness it's such absolute foolishness because <laughs> thumbnails work there's a reason why people do thumbnails and i don't care <laughs> it's just... oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but it's worked out for me so so i guess sometimes the ones it picks are like you know it picks them algorithmically it looks for frames where you're in motion or you're looking at the camera and stuff like that yeah, most of the time. Yeah. It seeks variety. I don't think it used to. I think in probably like 2010 YouTube, it was just totally random. It was like by where they were in the video. Yes, but exactly. Now yeah. you can tell by the ones it recommends that like, oh, your hand came up. It thinks that's an interesting frame. <laughs> or like you showed a card on the screen. So that's an interesting frame. Yes. So it works out 
Like, they will usually get a thumbnail that is kind of like what you would expect. But I'm... I don't know. I just don't care enough to go through and... Uh, and I... I, I, I hope this doesn't come across to listeners as like, I'm like, oh, I'm bragging on how much, oh, I'm so cool. No, 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 no. It's stupid to do this. Like, I, it's just pure laziness on my part, but. I mean, it works. Uh, it, no, it could, I, I, it, it was, it's so, I, I don't know, did you You're ever. You're like, no, it actually, it hurts my channel. I just, I, I do it anyway. Uh, I'm, oh, no, I'm sure it does. I just don't want to, like. It would be interesting if I was like, okay, for a month, I'm gonna do all the thumbnails you expect. Not like, not like, uh, well, okay, I don't want to throw shade on channels that do like a crazy face over, a, you know, that's fine. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, even if we were somewhere in the middle, I would be curious what the numbers would be like if I did do that. For like a month, and if how that would affect things, but or do the thing where you add big yellow text over, yeah, or circle else. something like a random red circle, yeah, the arrow, yeah, the arrow yeah. in the circle. Uh, but I know deep down I would hate myself, so I just can't. I, 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 I don't. It does feel really weird, like posing for a thumbnail, because I used to just um like look for a frame where I was making some kind of like emphatic expression or mm, whatever I mm. thought conveyed it. But then that was annoying. So then it was like, well, I should just record something for the thumbnail so like for the vampire diaries one i wanted it to look like that always sunny meme where mm. he's like got his conspiracy board yeah <laughs> so i just separately recorded a a video clip of like gesticulating at the board that i could pull a thumbnail from but then i was thinking like man i hope no one ever sees this footage of me just silently <laughs> gesticulating <laughs> at a board for two minutes that's actually very cool to like hear that that's how you did that like i i don't i've never really asked people like because I think what really works with, you know, uh, your thumbnails is they still feel very organic. Like, they don't look yeah. like the... F I I just cannot stand ones that are like, whoa! And, like, you know, just uh, <laughs> them using the same face over and over again. Yours look like they could just be in the video. Uh, Some of them are. I, uh, especially older ones. They were all from the video. But, yeah, now I usually will just... Um, like, I'll start a video recording because I can't do the whole, like, pause for a freeze frame. I think it feels really unnatural. Mm -hmm. So I'll just do a video recording and then sometimes I'll just, like, um, <laughs> I'll just stipulate it a prop or something. Or sometimes I'll even just, like, repeat a sentence from the video. Mm. But, <laughs> but think about emoting with my face and then <laughs> okay. I'll be like, okay, now, I, now I'm speaking and now it, now it works. <laughs> That's really interesting, actually. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I... And then I burn the footage when I'm done. <laughs> uh, it's like you're explaining to your to grandpa. Oh, oh, that's what you do to <laughs> yeah. be successful. Okay, yeah, no, I that's I never thought about it that way, and I I think that works in your favor because yeah, it does feel it's not just one of those. I see some thumbnails, and I'm just like, who? I guess kids, kids must like. Yeah, you like mean the this. ones where they like snip themselves out, and then there's like a primary color background. Yeah, like primary then, like, color background, just busy, just yeah, just them going whoa, and then just like loud, <laughs> just a lot. I just if I see a thumbnail like that, I I go, I will never click this. I will I will die before I click this. Like, and then you put like Spider Man in the corner, and then you put like a lull surprise mystery egg exactly. in the other corner, and then the kids love it. They eat it up. I guess so, uh, but I guess. I think for me, uh, also as a 
rule of thumb for me as even just sort of like as my online if i'm gonna have to be online for a job or whatever then uh you have to take me at face you have to take me as i am like i (laughs) do not want to put on a persona uh of like yeah uh and so and i've talked about this on the podcast but like you know, sometimes people, someone will run into me, and let's say they've only seen the skits, and they're expecting a very high energy person, and it's like you're not. No, this is <laughs> I'm just me. Like this is who I am. Uh, and I think the podcast has been good to kind of get people a more. Um, well, I mean, it, also if you just watch any of my other videos, I think you'll get a sense of like mm-hmm. who I am or whatever. Because um, I, I find being performative. Uh, in a false way, it really rubs me the wrong way, and I try my best to be as honest as I can, you know, uh, if I'm going to present myself online. And I think people do, I think that's partially how, like, why, despite all my other stupid things I do, like no thumbnails and stuff, I think that's what people latch on to. I, that's, that's what I'm told by people, so I guess that somehow works out, but I don't know. I mean, that's good, I think. I feel like it would be kind of a nightmare if you were, like, sketch comedy guy in person. <laughs> I guess some people are like that. People, it's like they're always on. Uh, but I, people I think are that's like kind that. of a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. They are <laughs> my worst nightmare. Um, now, uh, I apologize that I talked about YouTube for so long. But I, I do actually like to give the guest a chance to... Um, is there any topic you would like to bring up or a question for me or anything that you want to bring up? If not, don't worry about it. I'm, but I do like to hmm. uh, give the guests like a, an opportunity. No. <laughs> no. No? No, I can't think of any interesting topics. No. Then let's jump. I mean, oh. uh, right now my whole brain is Beanie Babies because I'm doing a Beanie Baby video. But that's all for the video, obviously. I Let's talk about that first because I'm actually kind of <laughs> curious. And then I'll jump. Do you collect Beanie Babies? Are you a Beanie oh, Baby stan? No, no, no. no. I, I, as a kid, like a little bit. But even then. You're bonkers for Bean Babes. I'm sorry. What was that? You're, you're bonkers for Bean Babes. That's what they all say. No, that's what. That's what I say. Oh, okay. I'm gonna start saying that. I think, but yeah, uh, that's how they express. That's like a code phrase. You walk up to someone and say, "Are you bonkers for Bean Babes?" <laughs> and then they say a coded phrase back. I can't tell you what it is because it's only for people who are bonkers for Bean Babes. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, exactly. Are uh, I guess before I go because I'm I have a very casual appreciation of it. my my background in uh i'm um uh basic for being babes where i as a kid i oh. uh had a couple like i was not an avid collector and in fact i think i owned more of the the mcdonald's beanie be the teeny beanie or what were the, what were the, the teeny beanie the teeny beanies yes i had more of those i think although and i did have a couple once beanie babies fell out of favor I did get some from, like, garage sales and stuff, but I was not the person who had, like, a ton of them. I think my fa- one of my favorite ones was, uh, in terms of the real ones, was I had that kangaroo. Do you know the name of it? Oh, yeah. Pouch. Pouches, I think. I, I'll take your word for it. Just the regular And she regular had a little brown- baby, and he was just a little, little head, wedge. Right? Yeah, yeah, that one. That was. I have her. She's she's on my desk right now. That, I, she's now in my is hands. That a, is I'll that, rattle her for the microphone. Is that a good tier bitty baby then i guess if it's on your desk um i just honestly went on ebay and got a big sack of beanie babies like they arrived in a grocery sack inside the box which was a a cool feeling like just texturally it's nice to pick up a weighty grocery sack full of beanie babies 
Um, but they were a lot of, I want to say, year four Beanie Babies, which are pretty common, but those were all the ones I had as a kid, mm. so they were a lot of Beanie Babies I consider top tier. How Like, w- when you were a kid, how serious was your, how bonkers for Beanie Babies were you? I would say, well, in my research, I've discovered not that bonkers at mm-hmm. all, but at the time, I thought we were pretty into it. Like, my mom would take my sister and I, and we would line up outside, like, a little boutique because they didn't carry them at big box stores. Mm. That was part of the craze. So, yeah, we went to a little children's clothing boutique that got the Beanie Babies. We would, like, go in the mornings and line up to get them. And uh, I remember trying really hard to get all the teeny beanies, and we might have succeeded. So I felt like we were pretty hardcore, but now I've learned that there were conventions and all that. So, in fact, we were kind of basic. (laughs) And we didn't have any rare ones. We did start in the craze. Again, I felt at the time like we were in on the ground floor but it turns out we started collecting around the time everyone else did. So all of our beanies were pretty common. I see. Uh, what was your favorite teeny beanie? Um, my favorite, probably the same as my favorite big beanie, which was I loved Quackers. But now as an adult, I've realized that my favorite is Allie the alligator because I just really like um, petting Quackers him. is the like yellow, the yellow hand. duck. Am I remembering? Yeah, he's, I, he's iconic. I yeah, he's do a remember that duck. one, yes. I, Everyone remembers Quackers. He's an icon. He's practically the mascot. I remember, I, my favorite, I believe this was a teeny beanie. There was, there's a blue lizard with a... Lizzie, yeah. Oh, God, you know these very well. Okay, yeah. Liz, oh, Lizzie, yeah. I've been living beanies. Lizzie, I'm going to go, I did not remember the name. Oh my god. Fun fact, That's uh, right. Lizzie was tie-dye first. Oh and shit. So that was one of the really rare beanies was tie-dye Lizzie. But Whoa. everyone had blue Lizzie, including us. We had blue Lizzie. I uh, I had the teeny beanie of this and I loved I loved this lizard. This this was absolutely my favorite of the of the little ones for sure. The teeny beanies were so good though, because like that's really quality yeah. for a McDonald's toy to have like a little plush. It was exactly. Like, you know, uh i was totally happy with them as a kid like and i also i mean i understood like oh yes you you need to preserve i didn't care but i know for collectors you preserve the tags or whatever but for me as a Mm -hmm. kid just play value yeah it's a fuck they're just smaller versions but they're still really good quality uh it's actually kind of insane to me to think about like that those were in like because those were just like happy meals right yeah 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 that's nuts that you uh i <laughs> uh i wonder what would get me to like buy happy meals of, at that level of veracity i will say <laughs> in a before i dive into a, a different topic are you um like besides beanie or besides being bonkers for bean babes are are you a <laughs> are you a collector do you collect a lot of things oh yeah yeah okay <laughs> I feel like I I love collecting way too much. My main collection is I love old My Little Ponies, Mm. but I also have a lot of BB-8s from when the Star Wars trilogy was happening. I have a lot of Porgs Mm, and just a lot of old stuff from when I was a kid, like all my old Pokemon toys and uh, a lot of video game stuff. Uh, Yeah, I'm also... it's a da- I'm all if I get into something I get very dangerously into collecting stuff. Uh, for me, for me, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, I have just an absolutely uh, obnoxiously large board game collection that takes up way too much space. Oh. Uh, f- anime figures. Uh, uh, what else is there? Like, um, I got back into Pokemon cards for a bit, kind of fell off of that, but 
I don't know, did you ever get into Pokemon cards? I was huge. I was huge into Pokemon in general, but yeah, we love the Pokemon cards. I never got the coveted shiny Charizard card, mm. uh, tragically. I think you can get them for like 10 bucks on eBay now, so maybe I should just live my childhood uh, uh, so dream. So not to get super annoying nerd right now, but are we talking the original Charizard like from basic set? Or the literal I want shiny it to look Charizard like the original. Because there is a shiny... Well, I want this... Sh- okay, no, there's one that's shiny all over, right? Well, I'm... T- uh, hold, on, hold on, Are we talking about <laughs> shining Charizard from... No, 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 no okay. <laughs> oh, no, like the one that's an alternate color. No, uh, okay. um, the the holographic Classic, the one everybody I, wanted I as a I think if you want, like, a first edition, it is actually expensive. Mm-hmm. But I don't care about that. As long as it looks like the first edition, it can say it's third edition or whatever on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, yeah, No, I, I, uh, a while, a couple of years, I hear it's way more expensive now because I think I... Really? Because this is the nostalgia cycle. Well, it's the 20-year cycle. Unfortunately, you know what it was is I believe one of those Paul brothers, those, those Pauls, <sighs> those, those damn, damn Pauls. Pauls, I think got into it. And it, I was, because I was talking to another, another guest about this and I guess it just went nuts. Like the market went because when I was collecting God. them, this was probably around. Well, I mean, I was collecting them as a kid, but I got back into it on accident because I was at a con and I saw some cards. Like, oh, it would. I remember Pokemon cards. I had given all of mine away to my brother, you know, a long time ago. <laughs> and I bought one or two and I was like, fuck, I remember why I gave these away. And immediately I was like, I could get more, right? I could get just a couple more. And then. What it ended up becoming was, um, how familiar are you with the sets, like Basic, Jungle, Fossil? Are you familiar with... Not very familiar. No, I think I collected mainly in the first years. I do remember the Jungle Mm. set, but I think that was around when I stopped collecting. I was like, well, I bought some cards, and I'm going to do what I always wanted as a kid and buy all of them from Basic... (laughs) To Neo, what is it? Uh, you don't know, but Neo Revelation. It's some kind of. It's <laughs> basically everything before Ruby Sapphire, because those that was all the cards I. I think I stopped collecting around that time. So and I, I didn't. So I went, and I got all of them. Uh, so I, they're numbered, right? So do you just have them lined up in a binder of like cards? I numbers? have them in a binder. Well, I used to have them in actual like order of numbers, and then I was like. No, I want all the holographic ones in the front. So I <laughs> I rearranged sense. it so all the holographics are in the front. Uh, and then they're in numerical order. But uh, And this actually, it sounds like insane, but it wasn't that hard to do when I was collecting. Because you could just go to pawn shops. Like you could go to like... Mm-hmm. Like the places that sell baseball Yeah, card shops, pawn shops. I would just like go through boxes of them. And just, I don't have this one. On. I would bring a checklist because that's the kind of person I am. Uh, and <laughs> it was actually really fun because, you know, my wife and I would just go, uh, hey, there's a pawn shop. I want to just stop by. And then I would just look through and be like, oh, shit, I found such this one. Like, you know, I don't have to <laughs> buy it online. Um, and then whatever I couldn't find, because there are some ones that are just, you know, you're never going to find uh, in a pawn shop. Then I would pay like a little mm-hmm. bit, nothing like crazy expensive. But now, it uh, it's been like a huge resurgence. Like I, I I think even the classic cards are way more expensive now. So, uh, 
I'm glad I got into it when I did. But so is your collection complete, or do you still have a couple more that you it's need? It's complete. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, <laughs> all the promos, all the but only up to. Uh, it's just gonna bother me. I know it's not gonna. You're not gonna give a shit. But what is that set called? Neo Revelation. The viewers need yeah, to Neo know. Neo Revelation. I have basic <laughs> up to that, and so that's all gold, silver. Because after that, I believe is ruby sapphire stuff, and I. That, at that point, I'd fallen out of it as a kid. Um, so, wow. although I, on top of that, I did start collecting some of the newer cards because they have these really nice, like, full, I don't know if you've seen these, like, the full foil, like, uh, full mm-hmm. art cards. Like, they, they just yeah. look really nice. So, I, I did start collecting booster packs. Uh, and then, eventually, I stopped and... That's not something I need to revisit. I need to. I, I'm good with what I have. Uh, in fact, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I feel like once you complete the set, you've got to cut yourself off. Because then you're just going to be drowning in cards. They'll keep making mm. more. Yeah, you would think that. You would think I would have stopped, but it took a little <laughs> bit afterwards. But to be fair, I wasn't going for completion <laughs> after that uh, new revelation set. Like, I was like, I want these because. Mm-hmm. I never could have had this as a kid. <laughs> it was a lot of mm-hmm. adulthood for me is like, um, you know, I have income. Oh, I can actually I can yeah. go buy things and not have my mom go, don't buy that. That's stupid. I can I can go yeah. buy that now. And it's funny because there's stuff that feels like completely unreachable as a kid where you're like, oh, but on the secondary market, it's $50. <laughs> and then like... <laughs> When you're grown up, you're like, oh, I could actually order that. Especially, I feel like the stuff I collect, like, the the value of it is all relative. Like, I collect old My yeah. Little Ponies. And of, like, American releases, I think the most expensive it can get is, like, $300, mm. which is really expensive for a pony. Like, I think the most I've ever spent on a single pony was, like, $60. Mm. And that was, like, my, my rarest one. Um but, you know, like, compared to other stuff you can collect, that's not very valuable. In the grand scheme of collecting, 300 for, like, the most expensive, that's pretty good, actually. It's really good. Yeah, it's not it's not that rare at all. So, yeah, the one I got for $60 is now worth three or 400 or something. And they, they only made a couple hundred of those, mm. so it should be really rare. But I think that just is reflective of, like, how small the collector community is. And then another thing I'm really into collecting, like your your vintage store story reminded me of that, is I'm trying to get all of the Give Yourself Goosebumps Ooh, books, like the Choose Your Own Adventure okay, ones. Yeah. yeah, my friend and I, like after college, we would just hang out at like a restaurant and kind of switch off. Every time there was a choice, we would switch readers while the other person oh, awesome. ate. And uh, we would navigate the books together, like we were going on a little adventure. Mm. And I think I, I maintained a list. So, like, every time I passed a used bookstore, I would go in and look. And at first, like, every time I went in, they'd have three of them that I didn't mm. have. And I think they published um, 50. To- no, it was, like, more than 50. I think, like, 65 or something okay. like that. But I have, like, 90% of them. Mm. <laughs> so now it's a matter of, like, getting the the weird, rare ones that I have to get on eBay. But there again, I, I think the expensive ones are like, oh, it's $30, <laughs> which obviously I'd prefer the satisfaction of finding it at sure. a vintage store, which is why my set isn't complete. Yeah. But uh, when you really look at it in perspective, you're like, oh, that is a very attainable collection. Yeah. I, uh, you, well, you just, that story made me go, and I, I was talking about this pretty recently with some friends. I, did you ever read the, 
Nintendo Adventure Choose Your Own Adventure books? No. Oh, okay. I didn't know they made Nintendo one. Oh. What, was it based on games? It was based on Mario and Mario and Zelda. Uh, oh, I feel like I need to find these. Oh, now. <laughs> listen. Me too. Because so uh, I feel like, okay, so they were Nintendo Adventure books. These were early 90s. Um, and I own... Are you going to tell me these are really rare and these are like $200 books? These are... They are more than you would... You know, I'm going to look no. it up right now. When's a, how much is one of these books right now? Because uh, I think it's like certain ones are maybe easier to get, but... Uh, well, anyway, as, as I'm literally searching on eBay, um, my background with these books is, first off, they're great. And you like video... I assume you like Mario. I mean, I do. Uh, it would be worth it, I think, to maybe pick one of these up if you like to choose your own adventure and Mario, because they were just like really fun, charming books. Uh, I owned, I think, four of them. There were twelve books in this set. Oh wow! I thought you meant they made like two, like one for each game. No, no, or no, no. They they were, I think, <gasps> mostly. Mo- yeah, there were it. There were twelve books in total. Uh, ten of them are Mario, two of them are Zelda. I don't care about the Zelda. I like Zelda, but I don't care about the Zelda ones. I'm a... Yeah, I, I watched my sister play Zelda, but I was, um, intimidated by it as a kid. So I don't have as much nostalgia for that. Mm, I'm looking, I'm looking at this now. Okay, yeah, these are, it's like you said, like, okay, yeah, I can pay $27 for a book, but it just feels so... Okay. It feels so, It like, does feel like a lot, yeah. Like, when you like, think about what it yeah, costs new. 40 bucks for, like, an old book like yeah uh, yeah it's like then i have to go do i really and part of it goes you do really want these but uh <laughs> yeah no they were they were really fun um i owned the first three and i think the 11th book and then uh the other one and those were just from garage sales or you know flea markets wow. as a kid and so i i would look at and i'm sure this was something that maybe happened to you uh but if you look at, like, let's say a, you, you bought a book from a garage sale and you look at, like, oh, look at the other books in the series. Yeah, and you, they would always have, like, the last two pages, a whole list yeah, of all the different and ones. And I get. would just covet. I would be like, I would kill <laughs> for all the other Mario <laughs> Nintendo adventure books. Uh, and and when I went on going on eBay, I'm like, that's what that cover looks like. Because a lot of them, they wouldn't even be, you would just see a list of the titles. And, yeah. and it just in my mind, I'm like, what does Doors to Doom look like? And then I looked at a cover, I'm like, oh, that's that's what that looks like. Oh, man. I, <laughs> fuck. I might actually get these at some point. You're going to buy it right now. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, Real time. One of my friends was like, just Twitch stream a choose, a choose Your Own Adventure book. I was like, fuck. That's, there you go. That's it's a business Business expense, expense right business there. Expense. Not a bad idea. So what's it called? It's called Nintendo Adventure? Nintendo Adventure books. Yeah. Uh, okay. They look. I'll I'll link you in the Discord. Oh, I'm on. I'm going on. Oh yeah, go right for now. it. Yeah, this is the first one right here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Double Trouble classic. Um, King Bowser is uh, duplicating people. Uh, oh my yeah, god! It's it. The covers are cute too. I was always a Yoshi stan. Are there any Yoshi centric adventures? Oh well, <laughs> actually, I was just talking about this not that long ago. There's one I owned as a kid. It's kind of a weird one. Uh, here I'll show you. I'll show you the cover. Yoshi is featured, but it is <laughs> one of them is called Pipe Down. Yeah, that's a great title. I never owned that that's one. That's good. 
I want Koopa Capers. It's got ghosts on the cover. Um, I listen. I want it too. I want all of them. But oh my god, this one's only ten dollars for two of them. I'm gonna bid. I hope no one outbids me. It'll be me. <laughs> I'll <outbid> <laughs> uh, So this weird Yoshi book, Unjust Desserts. I linked you a picture of it. Uh, the premise of what do you think the premise of this by looking at the cover? Okay, let me see. Oh, Yoshi's having a birthday party, and they're having a great time. And so the whole book is going to be just having a birthday party, right? That's what you would think. Yeah, maybe a misunderstanding where he thinks they forgot his birthday, but in fact they didn't. Mm, You want to know what happens instead? Yeah. Uh, It starts as his birthday party, and uh, why did this happen? I forget, but Mario and Luigi get real small, and then they go inside (laughs) Yoshi's stomach, and the whole... He eats them with his big tongue. (laughs) The whole book is them... It's uh, it's like Bowser's Inside Story, but I guess they pre- they predicted Bowser's Inside Story. It's Yoshi's Inside Story, like like different regions of the stomach are like different levels or whatever. Uh, well, see, when I asked you, are there any Yoshi stories? I didn't mean, are there any stories where they're in his belly? <laughs> the whole yeah, time? you weren't asking for fucking Vori stories, like you were asking yeah. for. Can you can you recommend me any stories where Yoshi gobbles them up, and they're in his tum tum? <laughs> uh, oh my god! I can buy this book for only a hundred and twenty dollars. Wait, are you serious? Is that one? <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna maybe I it. won't. I can't wait to do this on stream. It's a business expense. Oh my god! Well, I here you go. I hope you enjoy buying that. It's a steal. It's a hundred and twenty. Oh my. Well, it's one hundred and twenty ninety five, but the shipping is free, oh, that's good. so it's actually a really good Got deal. It. Um, this remind this is I, this is very just going on book. Actually, I I I'm, I can get down on this topic like book series as a kid, and the more obscure, the better if you can think. Like for here, I'm going to start with one. This was a series I loved as a kid, and I don't know anyone. Who read this series? Did you ever read the Clue books? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So were they for kids? Was it C- Clue? Not kids? Clue Junior. Like Clue with the classic, like okay. Miss, you know, uh, Miss Scarlet, like Colonel Mustard. Like, yeah. Oh, let me let me give you. Oh, so again, I was a very voracious reader as a kid. I loved reading. I would just get, I would go to garage sales, just pick out books that were cool. And the Clue series was when I just. I can't believe I'm talking about this, but you know what? That's what this podcast is for—for for me talking about shit that nobody cares about. Uh, but I think you might appreciate this. Are you are you familiar with basic? You want Clue? You know the characters of Clue? Yeah, the film, the yeah, board game. Right. Yeah. So what Clue books were, and there were a lot of them. I think there were eighteen. It looks like I owned quite a few of them, maybe like twelve of them. Is they were? Do you ever read like Encyclopedia Brown? Mm-hmm. Imagine if Encyclopedia Brown. But instead, it's about six people, and every chapter, they're literally trying to kill each other. Like, oh like no, it was great. It was like, so it would be the, the main, like, uh, Mr. Body, who in the original game is the murder uh, victim. He's, he's, the, he's the, corpse. the corpse. But in yeah. the books, he was, like, the, the host of the book. I'd be like, oh, welcome to the welcome to my manor. And then it's tw- it would be, like, ten cases. Uh, and they're very funny. They're very funny, but also very, like, dark and, like, twisted because... What it would be was each chapter would be like, oh, Mr. Body got a new, I don't know, like a sapphire. And then all the guests, like, 
They're his friends, and they come hang out with him. But they're all terrible people who would murder each other on a whim to get rich. And so each each chapter is like its own little story. And uh, you would have to be like, okay, at the end, uh, who killed Mr. Body? Because like by the like they would be the way it was written, it would be like a puzzle almost, like Encyclopedia Brown. And it would be like, okay, can you tell me by the end of this chapter who killed them, what weapon, what room? Uh, and that was the format for uh, the end of each chapter. Uh, and then and, and then it would be like you would flip the page and it would be like an upside down answer. And it would be like, it was this person in this room with the this. And then there would be like a jokey, oh, it turns out uh, they missed with the gun. <laughs> it was like, you know, uh, and <laughs> that's why. It's... So, so no more. No... Well, but the thing is, like in the actual chapters, it would be like, um, the the figure plunged the knife into Mister Body's chest. So like as a kid, as I I started reading these as a little kid. It was kind of intense. I was like, oh my god! But then in the answer, it'd be like, just kidding. Mister Body had a book in his pocket, so like the like the knife was stuck in the book. But no, they would just be like, no, uh, so and so shot uh somebody else with a revolver, or you know, really like I. Oh my god, am I going to get into fucking collecting old children's books I read? But that's actually a series um, that I might... Because I just loved them so much and... I don't know, they're, they're, they're... I mean, it's a pretty... I feel like those, they're not Mario. I feel like you could find those on eBay probably or for vintage pretty, shops. Pretty cheap. I mean, if anyone could go to vintage shops yeah, right now. but... I mean, pretty good premise, right? Like, consi- like it's very thematic. Yeah. Like, uh, it sounds so dense to write, though, having to think of that many different little capsule mysteries. It was very clever how they would do it. Yeah, they would be like, uh, spe- a lot of the like, not a lot, all of them, but some of them would take place at night. So it'd be like, you know, it'd be a lot of logic puzzle stuff. Like this figure uh, stabbed mm-hmm. uh, Colonel Mustard. So it'd be like, okay, that means that person's not Colonel Mustard. And, and also the right. weapons would be, like, in a way where it's like, okay, the knife is left and Since the knife is stabbed in Colonel Mustard, that means the... Oh, so you could do those, like, math puzzle things where you make a little They literally had, in the back of the, each chapter, oh. uh, the thing from the games of, like, you can cross out, like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I never did it because I didn't want to, like, spoil the book, but... Yeah, I was always confused. Like, Goosebumps would do that, too. They'd be mm. like, write down in pencil what items you have. And it's like, I'm not writing in my book. Right, right. And so... It is cute now, though, because I'll find used copies, and sometimes the kids have written their, like, terrible That's guesses great. in the book. That's so. That's great. <laughs> or, like, their name, like, age seven, and it's, like, nice. Yeah, no, I, I, I do remember that from all garage sale books as well. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was, a those books were fucking dope, and, like, I was, I just ate those up. Like, they were very fun. Now, so I guess the question I extend to you, what, uh book series were there any like is there a book series that you loved as a kid but you just can't find anyone who's like heard of these books i guess it's not that obscure but i really liked fear street which i think might have even been out of print when is i was that a kid the but older we got a lot of them goosebumps? at like library like, for, oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's supposed to be for people that have slightly outgrown goosebumps mm. but i was reading them like concurrently i guess they were gorier so they were like a little scarier but it, they're basically weren't goosebumps. they like teenage <laughs> audience right yeah they were they were teenagers so there was a lot of like the characters would be trying to date and mm. stuff like that 
and uh, actual murder would happen, unlike Goosebumps, where it's like, the jelly monster <laughs> swallowed him you up. You know, you say that in that voice, but I was such a chicken as a kid. Well, first off, some of those t- covers are terrifying still. They are. The uh, covers like, are great. Like the dummy one, uh, the... Oh, there's the classic say cheese and die. Like that freaked me. As a kid, I was such a chicken. This yeah. is a tangent, but the yeah. art in the classic Goosebumps books are so good. And you can actually, um, the guy who drew all of them has a website where you can oh. buy prints of the covers with no text on them. Or he will re-sketch the covers for you. And he'll like send what? you a hand-drawn sketch. So I actually got one for my friend Bailey for last Christmas or for Hanukkah. Um because That's she's amazing. super into goosebumps, and I was like, "What a cool idea to give someone!" Ooh. So I gave her Which the say cheese and die because it's uncomfortable. Ah, classic. Yeah. <laughs> That's classic. Uh, it was so, it's so funny with goosebumps. Like I was so scared of them because uh, I just I was such a baby, and so I wouldn't I like I didn't even like look at the covers as a as a kid. And then when I finally read, when I was like. These aren't scary at all. <laughs> like, I was like this. I, mean, I, I, I was. I think I, I was just like this is not scary. Nearly as scary. It was so. It was very much like the. My imagination was so much worse. Yeah. Right. Because they would like, usually try to get out. Although some of them had pretty dark endings. Yeah. Yeah. Some they'd of them, be the like kids would all twist. die. <laughs> yeah. But even then, like most of it is just kind of like it's just your kind of typical like, you know, for kids like suspense book. Yeah. But it's not actually like I was just picturing like the most violent grotesque like i was like it's gotta be like nightmarish and no they're just kind of cute and you know a little creepy well the Uh, one that traumatized me was the one where um all the food turns to worms like there's this kid that's uh, cursed all of his Mm -hmm. food has worms in it and that just like it made me afraid to eat anything for like weeks i was just so grossed out by it that was like my biggest fear as a kid was like finding bugs in my food Mm, yeah like super that that sort of aesthetic of like super scary or super gross that was also very yeah big a lot of gross out a lot of like I, slime and goo things like that uh i hated that as a kid i don't know about did you <laughs> like that stuff as a kid not really no i, I liked no. the ghost ones more i loved the living mm. dummy books because i thought living doll were really really scary mm. yeah i remember like just uh gross out stickers like just i Oh, like the garbage gotcha. pail kids and stuff like that. Yeah, I never got into I never got into garbage pail. Yeah, kids I I had anything. such a sensitive. Um, I guess I was just sensitive to gross things. Like anything mm. could put me off food or whatever. I would just overthink yeah. it a lot. So I would try to avoid anything gross. Yeah, I, I think I was the same way. So I that was I was not the target audience for that. Wow, <laughs> uh, we talked a lot about a lot of things I was not expecting to talk about, and I actually <laughs> really liked that. I thought we were gonna be. I I was like. Ah, we can talk about Disneyland. You're right. We didn't oh, even really you know, talk I, about Disneyland. <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about Disneyland. Okay. Like, let's let's as we're kind of wrapping up. Uh, oh, this is I. This is this is a lot of fun. Like <laughs> I, I know. did not. Uh, I but I do want to know what because obviously you're a big Disneyland fan. But when you go to Disneyland, what is your like typical day like? Like, are you ride heavy or are you? Uh, like what, what like what what do you like to do on your average Disneyland day? It totally depends who I'm there with cuz like mm. uh, one of my claims to fame is like if I'm there with someone from out of town who just like wants to do everything, like I mm. can get someone on pretty much everything <laughs> just by mapping yeah. out the day correctly. Like okay, we got to hit these rides first cuz they run out of fast passes first and then while we're waiting for fast passes we'll eat and just yeah, kind of like I'm, chart I'm out that the guy whole thing. too. Yeah, yeah I'm like that, tour yeah, guide yeah. mode. 
Um, but right. then if I'm there with friends who are locals, like we usually just kind of kick it. Like we'll get food and uh, go meet characters. Um, mm. I always like to ride pirates because it it tends to have a pretty like median wait time, like you know yeah. twenty minutes or less, and it's just mm. such a solid ride. Um, mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion and Pirates are like the best ones. My favorite ride is probably Splash Mountain, but that well, one's good at night when it doesn't have a line. That's my favorite too, Splash Mountain. And they're changing uh, it. They're changing it to I, Princess and the Frog. How do you feel about that? I think um, I I like the idea of it. I'm worried mm. that a lot of the rides in the past where they've taken a good ride and hastily rethemed it, they've done it mm. badly. So, yeah. you know, like they, they cut corners. They want to do it fast or they want to do it cheap. I think right. a Princess and the Frog ride, if they're willing to put a lot of money into it, could be incredible. And they wouldn't yes. even have to change that much. But, yeah. um, you know, like all the sets could be the same. They could reskin some of the characters or take their clothes off or whatever so they look more like Princess and the Frog animals. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it could be good. But having seen like the Frozen ride and stuff where the interiors are kind of barren, that makes me mm. worried that they're going to take out a lot and not replace it with anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the idea of it. I hope they do a good job. I also will miss having the ride at all in the time it takes for them to do it because if they do a good job they'll have to close it for like a year or longer so that'll be sad but um yeah i don't know i'm I'm excited to see a new ride yeah no i i i think you know i it's it's, as it's my favorite ride as well i'm like i do love certain aspects of the original just you know the animatronics you know Mm -hmm. the music's really good yeah i'm I'm a huge animatronic head yeah, the music's really good. The animatronics are so charming. Just the the whole just, you know, lead up to the drop is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also recognize, I mean, yeah, it's Song of the South. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe we should, you know, update this. Uh, it's kind of I, incredible that it lasted this long and that it was built, like, not that long ago. They built it in the 80s, which is like, right. when it had its last anniversary, my friends and I were talking, like, Hmm, it's it's a younger ride than we thought, considering yeah. it's based on Song of the South. Yeah, it's a weird weird source material choice, but uh, I'm with you in that. I I hope it's like really good because like you like you said, if they really go all out, it could be pretty spectacular. Like yeah, like if you look uh, at the Beauty and the Beast ride that Tokyo has, oh, like they could have man. a really beautiful Tiana animatronic, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I love the animatronics first and foremost. So my ideal vision would be, like, adding some cool new set pieces and some new animatronics and then uh, leaving most of the animals. They really just have to take out Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear, and Br'er Rabbit. And then they can leave mm. all the happy geese and the frogs. Obviously the frogs. Um, I still want that, like, right before the drop to be creepy. So what, Dr. Facilier? Here's what I picture, yeah. I picture the laughing place scene could be a dark, like, black light, creepy swamp with all of Mm -hmm. his, like, ghost minions and stuff. That's that's exactly And then they could be playing the chanting part from Friends on the Other Side as you're going up the lift hill. I think we should design this. They should ask us to do it. They should hire me instead of (laughs) legendary Imagineer Tony Baxter. I could do a much better job. Uh, I am very curious to see what that's like, but... uh, yeah, no. As for me, like, like uh, I'm also the tour guide, but uh, I actually do like writing rides a lot. So uh, mm-hmm. we go with like we have like our group of well, we did. I mean, but annual pass holders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the old days, uh, we had a group, and that hopefully will still, if there's some sort of system that is in place, we can get the equivalent. 
whatever. Uh, and uh, but we're that group is very good about like uh, we can split up whenever we want, right? So, um, mm-hmm. me and like a couple of people are more like we want to ride something. Let's go ride something. Other people just want to chill or shop or mm-hmm. you know hang out. Uh, I'm usually like I don't know. For me, the I love rides and just being in Disneyland. Unless there's a food festival. Uh, mm-hmm. rides are my priority. I'm always like, yeah, let's ride, let's go ride this. Oh, the, the wait time's short on this, but I'll... Are you like a thrill ride person or a dark ride person? I love both, but I will say I do love a good thrill ride. Like, yeah. I, but I think, I think like the, you know, one of the best rides in California Adventure is like that, is the Cars ride, because it's yes. like best of both, right? It's yeah. amazing animatronics, but the ride is also so fun. Like, it's, you know... Yeah, it's really one of the best rides, like, on this coast. Yeah. Uh, have and you it's been to... about cars, so that's even yeah, better. It, it made... My husband, and... Lightning McQueen, is the star. <laughs> cars Land is pretty underrated. Like, I the, love those, Cars Land. Those cones, like, have you had the pear soda? Yes, the Doc's, Doc Hudson's purple pear or whatever uh, it is. I, I believe it's actually Ramon's uh, pair of dice. Oh, oh uh, you're right. Okay. Soda. Okay, uh, now I look like I know a this Cars Land fan. B- because it's a uh, pair of dice. It's like three points. It's paradise. It's, it's pear of fruit. And it's pair of dice. Mm-hmm. They they had the balls to do three fucking puns. That's in what's one. good about Cars Land. They go for it. They, they go above go and beyond. It. And they have those like cone, like the mac and cheese. Yeah, the, the mac cone. and cheese cone. They have the flavored popcorn, which is really good. Mm-hmm. They you also get have the popcorn. Uh, their version of. Are you familiar with? Le, uh, who am I talking? You know, of course you are. LeFou's brew from Disney of World. Of course, yeah, the the apple stuff. I love that, and they have like what like Reds something version apple cider or something. And mm-hmm. I forget what it's called, but. Uh, yeah, no, they have that in the Cars Land as well. Um, so, are you a Florida fan too? Um, not World? not as diehard, just because of accessibility, right? Like because I yeah. live here, I can go to Disneyland. I've like I, and I'm actually okay. You know what? Let's just talk a little more about Disneyland because now I'm on this, <laughs> I'm on this train. Uh, like I, uh, my objective is, and I'm curious if you if you've done this. Is to do everything in both parks, like ride everything, do everything. In, have you, in a single visit? No, no. I'm talking <laughs> about just general checklist. Have you done this? Have you done literally everything in both parks? I think I have. Yeah, I, I think I have. For me, I don't the, know. There must be one exception. Okay, because for me, but you don't. You haven't actively like sat down and like kept track. No, I've it. never looked at it. But I'd be so surprised if there was something I hadn't done. No, you probably have. So for me, there's two. That are like I've only there's only two left. One okay. is uh, Rise of the Resistance because I oh, I, I it's couldn't. So good. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, I hear it's so good, but uh, it we couldn't get into it. And then yeah, it's hard. They had that lottery. See, here's the thing: they've gotten rid of annual passes. So mm-hmm. if they were able to limit the APs that go every single day, I feel like the lottery would become a lot easier to get on that ride. Mm, that's true. Uh, and then the other one is. Do you have a guess? What do you think is a ride that I cannot? I'm guessing it's get gonna be one of those weird ones like uh, jellyfish jumpers or something. No, I've done where, that one. Like, people just don't bother. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll give you two more guesses. The What's one that you? Whirlwind of emotions from I've, Inside Out. I've done that one before. You give your final guess. It's one that's just like actually a pain in the ass. Like people are like, I don't want to do that. 
Oh, um, it's tough to be a bug. That's no longer there. But okay, but it was until recently. <laughs> uh, the is the Tom Sawyer canoes. Oh, those are fun. What? No one oh, will do so them <laughs> with me. They are like, hard to get on, though, because they close at sundown, and some yeah. days they're not open at all. So you got to be, you know, you have to go in the summer, and you have to go before uh, dinner yeah. time. That's... But they're fun. You get to see uh, see some of the sights up close. That is, uh, I only have, like, one, there's, like, one or two friends that are like, I'll do it. So I'm like, okay. I think at some point I just have to make a trip out there to Oh, like that's our first thing we're doing just for the canoes is the canoes <laughs> and then we can do whatever i mean it's funny like there, there was a friend of mine i was like i haven't ridden the halloween guardians ride anyone want to ride oh that and one's really fun it was so good but someone's like yeah i'll go and i was like want to go like tomorrow and then we just went like very much on a whim because <laughs> i i really wanted to go before it closed which i think was mm-hmm. it was like about to close i was like we have to go tomorrow. She was like, "See, that's what I'll miss about the annual passes if they do have a new, more limited system." Because part mm. of me is like, "The AP was expensive. If they totally get rid of it, I could just get tickets to go a couple yeah. times a year." Mm-hmm. But then I feel like that means every time you go, it has to be a full day, and you have to get the most out of it. But I did love the annual pass. Yeah. You could just go in for dinner and do a couple rides, and I used to do that all the time. I think they're definitely gonna have like. Uh, like the equivalent, like something, yeah. Because there's no way they're going to lose that. My theory is that this is either market. an excuse to rebrand and just get rid of the cheaper passes without the bad press that comes with saying we're getting rid of the cheap passes. Yeah, it's even doing that. It's very underhanded. But my other conspiracy theory is that they're going to bring it back, but every pass will be a flex pass where you have to pre-book the dates you're going to go. And I think that would be fine. I, I feel like. I used to go kind of impulsively, but I can imagine that all my friends I used to go with, we could just agree on a day a week beforehand and book to go. For flex so passes, how much in advance do you have to do that? Like I can't remember. Like they actually they introduced it right after I quit, so I mm. never had to learn it, which was really nice. Okay. I heard it's a huge pain as far as like uh refunds and stuff go. I see. Um, you know, comp tickets and stuff. But um I believe um, it was all it was all based on how popular it was. Like mm. you could book up until enough flex passes had booked that the spots were full. I and see. because the flex pass was such a new pass, a lot of people didn't have it. So what I heard Mm. was that of the people who did get it, it was actually a really good deal because it was very easy to book any days that you wanted. But obviously, if they had kept it around more years and it had become more popular, it might have become really difficult. But I think a lot of people, it was just like they would do it the night before. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, I mean. Yeah. But now if everyone's flex pass, I'm sure that'll change and it'll be a little more competitive. I see. I see. I would actually be fine with either because. One, I don't, my, my schedule does not allow for these days, like, let's just go, to, let's just go today. Like, no, yeah. it's like, hey guys, are we all ready to go this, you know, this Friday? Like, can, <laughs> yeah. can we arrange it? Uh, so that wouldn't be that bad. And I feel like part of it for me is like a lot of my friends uh, I met when I worked there and they still work there and mm. a lot of them still live around Anaheim. So I'm I would very often be in Anaheim just like hanging out with people and then I would be like, oh, let's just go into the park. I heard it's not that crowded. Mm. Um, so, yeah, now I'll be parking in a parking lot listening to podcasts in Anaheim, but not going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other alternative of like, let's say we get a pricier one. The only plus side to that to me is like. If that means less, <laughs> like, like in terms of mm-hmm. crowds, right? If it's yeah. more annoying to get an annual pass, 
I don't. I mean, I don't like prohibiting people from you know getting you know, getting rid of cheaper ones. But it's like, mm-hmm. I guess if I guess if it's like only if you're like desperate for an annual pass, then you'll have then. I guess that's not yeah. a bad thing. I feel like that might be what they end up doing, which is sad because like. I don't know. There's already so many people in Orange County that like work in in careers that support the parks but can't afford to go. Right. You know, people that work at like the motels on Harbor and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely, I think, a bad look for the company. Yes. But I also would be super unsurprised if they did that. It, to me, it seems like the you know the cynical person means like that. Seems like that's probably what they're gonna do, right? Yeah, more expensive. I think so. And I think yeah. that they'll try to get around the bad press that would come with just canceling the two cheapest ones by being like, well, no, we got rid of the whole program and just happened to introduce a new program with a new name that looks the same but without the cheapest options. That and they'll <laughs> but it's probably, totally a new program. And they'll offer probably some alternative that's shittier yeah. than, the, than the AP, but... Uh, yeah i would even be happy i would i think i was saying on twitter like i think there is definitely a problem of annual pass holders who just go like every day like a lot of teenagers mm, who just go every day after school like rich kids and uh also a lot of retirees that go every day Mm -hmm. and it does really impact crowding especially with things like people trying to get on rise of the resistance and stuff when these people are doing it every day yeah and uh i think it would be a good solution if they had something like you know have blockout days or whatever, have new annual passes, but maybe just have it so there's no pass that can get you in more than 30 times a year. Mm. <laughs> because, like, who on this earth <laughs> needs to go more than 30 times a year? That's very true. Yeah. Like, and I feel like if I had 30 times a year, I would still just go in impulsively for dinner sometimes because I would be thinking, well, I'm not going to use 30 of these, <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, 30 would be more than enough. Yeah, like... Yeah, you know, so I feel like that's a good balance. That's a lot of days, so you're still getting a savings versus a day ticket, but it's not enough days that you're going to be really impacting the crowding situation. That's actually a really smart... I hope it's that. Yeah, I don't... Me too. I don't... I'm not going every day. I'm going maybe... And then, you know, they could have cheaper ones that are like 10 times a yeah. year that I'm sure a lot of families would be satisfied with. Yeah, because for me, it's really, like you said before, it's the feeling of like, I don't have to rush, right? Like, yeah. I don't... Like, I, I, I'm not paying full price every single time to just, like, hang out. It's like, okay, I'm paying yeah. this much to get in these parks. It's going to be sun, you know, get there bright and early. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I love, you know, and what's kind of allowed me to really fall in love with the parks is like, hey, you know what? Let's ride the stupid jellyfish thing just to see what it's like. And I check it off my yeah, list. Yeah, and, like, watching all the live entertainment and stuff like that. Exactly. Like, I, you know... um, that friend I mentioned where I was like, let's go to the Halloween Guardians. I was like, hey, can we check out some stuff off my list? And one of those was like, Turtle Talk with Crush. I was like, nobody oh nobody will ever go to this with me. Yeah. But I have to check it off the list. And I thought it was very cute. And I was like, I didn't feel like my time was wasted. I, I enjoyed this. Like, but yeah, Do you do the drawing one where you draw characters? I have not done that. I don't know. It's Oh, it's fun. Like, especially if you get a more complex character where you can, like, really tell you're messing up. Okay. okay. Oh, oh, God. Do I count that? For me, it's been like a... You have to count it. It's an attraction. God damn it. All right. Okay, <laughs> fine. I guess I'll... I guess there are three things you have to oh, Don't say that to me during COVID. <laughs> of all, like, oh. Yeah. What if the park closes? What if they go broke and they close? Oh, God. That's, that, that's my nightmare. But uh, I... Shit. Okay. I guess I have three <laughs> things then, but uh, something to look forward to, I suppose, when I when it's safe to go. Uh, yeah. Well, 
this has been great. I, uh, I, I've had a very good time uh, <laughs> talking about yeah. uh, completely <laughs> random shit, but, uh, uh, I'm glad Choose Your Own Adventure books came up. I feel like that's one I don't talk about so much. Yeah, and I brought up Clue books, which I don't think I've talked about yeah. in uh, <laughs> uh, fucking years. So uh, now, where can people find you? They can find me on YouTube at Jenny Nicholson at YouTube. And that's the best place. Cool. It's where all my good stuff is. Uh, check out her shit. Very funny stuff. Uh, but yeah, again, thanks for sitting down and... Uh, uh, we should we should we should talk again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. We should uh, I should go to Disneyland with your group if it ever reopens. Yo, let's fucking do it. Let's go to Disneyland. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm always looking for more more people to go to Disneyland with. Let's do it. Same.